Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And Pro Football Hall of Famer. The General. Sean McClain. Welcome. Welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in. It is a victorious Utopia football podcast. The Texans beat the Saints today 20-13 to at NRG Stadium. A lot to dig into from this game. We're going to give our thoughts on the game, on the, uh, on the on where this team's at six weeks in as they head into the bye week. The Houston Texans 3-3. Three and three. I think a lot, of, a lot of Texan fans would have signed up. I think almost every Texan fan would have signed up for 3-3 three and three going into the bye week before the season. And we're going to dig into it for the next several minutes with you here on a Sunday night edition of the Utopia Football Podcast. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast mornings on Sports Radio 610. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my good friend, the Hall of Famer, and our senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com, John McClain. John, you called it. This was exactly the type of game that you said it was going to be. Low scoring, slugfest, and one that the Texans would come out victorious from. Good job by you today, John. As I told you on the pregame show, if I was wrong three in a row or th- oh, go 0 and 3, I wouldn't pick them the rest of the year. But the Texans, I don't think, are going to score a lot of points until they get where they can run the ball. And even though they ran 97 yards in the first half, they only had 23 in the second. But that's an improvement. And um, I thought, man, when I watched the end of the game, I thought, now, why couldn't they have done that in Atlanta? Stroud takes them down, puts them in the lead. They let Desmond Ritter go right down the field for the winning field goal with no time left. And I thought, man, his team could be 4-2. Last time they were 3-3, 2019. Mm. And uh, now as we record this, the Astros getting ready to play the Rangers in the first game of the ALCS. And the Texans have held up their deal, and hopefully the Astros will hold up their end of the bargain and make it a great Sunday in Houston. One of the best. Yeah, it would be one of the best. No doubt about that, John. I think that was the theme today. I just got done doing the postgame show, and I thought Clint Sterner put it really well in the postgame show. He said, this this was the type of game, this is why you hired D'Amico Ryans for this type of game. You know, a game where it was very evident in the second half you couldn't lean on the run game, which, as you pointed out, was actually working very well in the first half. Their running game in the first half looked the best it's looked all season. They had almost 100 yards rushing at the half. They were up 17 to 10. They only scored three points in the second half, but they only allowed three points in the second half of this football game. And unlike last week against Atlanta, they came up huge situationally at the end of this game with two big fourth down stops. 
But I thought Clint put it great. He said, this is the a game like this one that turned into a defensive slugfest in the second half. This is why you hired D'Amico Ryans. Games like this. Well, it was a slug, slug fest in the second one, and they still couldn't stop them. And maybe now they'll have the confidence to do it. Big plays at the end. You know, when you get to the 15 and the two-yard line and you don't score because great plays by defense. And something that's interesting to me is they haven't beaten a bad team. You know, right. uh, Jacksonville has been on a roll since the Jacksons embarrassed them. And Pittsburgh does not have a losing record. And, and and today, New Orleans came in 3-2. So no team they've beaten has a losing record right now. Then they get the bye week. Then they come back against Carolina. Kind of, I don't know if Carolina is off in this game. I'm guessing they're not. So I kind of think they need to win a game So because uh, they're going to win one at some point. But I can't wait to see C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And it's interesting to me also – there's only one new coach with a winning record, with a not who doesn't have a losing record, and that's D'Amico Ryan's, and and uh, it's going to be not just it be the old and Frank Reich and his staff that he brought in with a lot of veteran coaches, and the young and D'Amico Ryan's who brought in younger coaches with a different style. So that's going to be fun. They'll enjoy their week weekend off, I believe that they're going to give them Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they'll come back on Monday, and they deserve it. Yeah, we'll get into our four stock up and four stock down and highlight some of the individual performances in the game in just a second. But I would say a couple things, John. First, I just checked. The Panthers are on their bye week this week, too. Okay. So they're, so we got both these teams with the top two picks in the draft looking forward to this game. And I would say, boy, this is – I'm guessing this is not going to be a fun couple weeks to be Bryce Young. I mean, C.J. Stroud – at, you know, he wasn't great today, you know, like he'd been great in previous games, but he did enough to win this football game. He got that first interception out of his system that couldn't have worked out any better because Nico Collins stripped the ball. I don't want to thieve too much from stock up and stock down because I'm sure we'll talk about all that stuff. But this game coming up in week eight after the bye week against the Panthers, this is the next game for both of these teams. So I would imagine John Bryce Young is going to be hearing C.J. Stroud's name way more than he cares to hear it over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, just like Derek Stingley's been hearing Sauce Gardner's name way more than he wants. Now he's not because he's on injured reserve. And one of the things that gets me about what they've done is that they've done different things well. They've done things bad. They've, I think this coaching staff's not going to get out coached. And at some point, they're going to get the running game inside the five-yard line to working. They're too good not to. You know, Devin Singletary was a lot better than Damian Pierce. Pierce had three carries from the five in, in which he didn't do squat. And I looked, I watched it. The linemen had problems blocking it. But it's hard to complain after a victory. Beat the Saints, who were favored by one and a half. They came in a half game behind Tampa Bay, tied with Atlanta for first place. In the NFC, in second place in the NFC South, and it was a great victory for a team that think about this. They won three games last year. Now they've already won three games this yeah. year. And looking at the schedule, boy, I think maybe after a few more games, we both need to do a revi revisit our preseason predictions about victories because I'm looking at it. Joe Burrow's back, so they lose that one for sure. But every other game is winnable. 
John, why would you say they lose that one for sure? The 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 Bengals beat the Seahawks by four today. Like, uh, uh, John, I just watched the Jets beat the Eagles, and I watched the Cleveland Browns beat the 49ers earlier today. Why are you? It's the Bengals are three and three. Why are you saying they're for sure going to beat lose to the Bengals in Week Ten? Same reason I knew Tank Dell wasn't going to play. Okay, <laughs> they're going to lose to, to the Bengals. Uh, that's fine. I like it. if that's your prediction. I'm not begrudging you your prediction. You make it sound like they're definitely like they're for sure like can't compete with the Bengals. Can't compete with the Bengals. They're going to lose that game. It'll probably be their most decisive loss over the rest of the season because they're the most talented team they play. Okay, I'm gonna have to make a lunch bet with you on that one. Just uh, just for the hell of it. Just so you and I can go to lunch sometime. Well, uh, you and I go to lunch whenever you want to go. I know. I know. I'll, I'll take you to Avalon or you can take me to the ambassador. One or the other. Those are our two go-to spots right there. So, um, and, and to that point, John, you know, like I, it's hard to complain after a loss. And yet what you were just saying, like you look at the schedule, you know, and the rest of the way, and certainly the schedule in the near term here, and you look around the league at some of the weird stuff that's going on and yeah, it's hard to complain after a loss, but I feel like if the Texans can get this running game fixed, like there's a chance to have a real kind of, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl or anything like that, but the, my expectations are completely recalibrated for, for what this team is capable of as long as C.J. Stroud is upright. And, and if I'm you with get a, you. Yeah, and if you just get a competent running game to go with him, I, man, I, I mean, the division is right there for you, which means the playoffs are right there. And as much parity is in the league this year, and there's no team that's really separated themselves, um, maybe you win a playoff game. Maybe you win two playoff games. Who knows? One of the things we got to point out is the Saints were fourth in defense. Mm-hmm. Their defense is really good. Yes. And so, of course, they're going to make adjustments and they're going to play better. But the Texans were able to withstand those adjustments when they totally shut down the offense in the second half. And then the defense stepped up. You know, we talked about this as uh, back when they had Ty Zentner as their punter. When Cam Johnston came back, the, the difference he could make in some field position, his net was 43 yards today. He put three inside the 20, and I think that's like two more than Zentner put. So he he's a, he's a major addition to affect field position, and, boy, they need him. And the defense, uh, they could use some more consistent pressure on the quarterback. A lot of it's their own doing because they've rushed forward, and then when they started blitzing, Carr had to get rid of the ball quicker, and it worked. And, uh, but I'm, you know, I'm not predicting the playoff, but watching the Titans stink it up today and they got all kinds of problems. Colts could have Anthony Richardson out for the rest of the year, possible shoulder surgery. And then they already are one Oh, against the Jaguars at the time when Jacksonville comes back in here, that could be a big game. Absolutely. It could. It absolutely could be a big game. I'm telling you, like there's a lot of possibilities now for the Texans as we head into the bye week at three and three. All right, let's get to um, let's get to our four stock up and four stock down, and then go watch some playoff baseball here, John. Four stock up, four stock down. The Texans beat the beat the Saints, I should say, twenty to thirteen today at NRG Stadium. The floor is yours, my friend. I'm going to start with a guy you pointed out last week that Pro Football Focus had graded as the number one linebacker in the NFL. Blake Cashman must have seen that, and he said, "I've got to keep that ranking." He had 15 tackles, nine unassisted. Two tackles for loss. He and Shaquille Griffin made the biggest play. Fourth and a fourth and four, I believe it was a fourth and three or fourth, fourth and, and four. Fourth, fourth, fourth and four. Fourth and four on the four. second and Alvin, last drive. Alvin Kamara catches the pass. 
and they both stop him uh, one yard short to kill that drive. And I think on the other one at the end, when Steven Nelson had the interception, he'd been out of – it would have been incomplete anyway. But I think Blake Cashman, who's making plays all over the field and uh, had a hit on the quarterback as well, he just looks outstanding in this defense. He was our post-game show guest today, John. Blake Cashman was. And I, we've, I, you mentioned about six different things there that we asked him about. We asked him about the last – or the, the play, that fourth and four, that he and Shaquille – he really gave credit to Shaquille Griffin. because And Griffin did make the majority yes. of that tackle. And he gave credit to Shaquille Griffin. But he kind of took us through that play from his eyes because he was lined up over, over Alvin Kamara – but he was expecting a slant to Olave because that's what they ran earlier in the game. So he actually, to start that play, if you go back and watch, he actually took a step back into the slant window to take that away. And when that he knew it was going to come out quickly. So when it didn't come out there, he knew it was going out to Kamara. And so he was, you're right. If it was just Cashman over there, he might've been a step late. They might've converted that first down. Thank God for Shaquille Griffin. But he took us through that play. I asked him about the pro football focus ranking too. I said, hey, I don't know if you pay attention to any of the nerd sites or if you've got friends in your inner circle that gas you up with things like this, but you were rated the number one linebacker in football through the first five games. <laughs> he was funny. He goes, yeah, I had heard something. I saw something on Twitter. People copy me on Twitter when stuff like that happens. He goes, you know, like the pro football focus stuff, like last year, I, I went to go see the grades for one of the games and they had me as the worst coverage linebacker in, in, the, in the league that week. And I'm like, I was playing all zone. Like they didn't know. Like I'm, I'm the worst coverage linebacker. That just it just so happened that the easy throws are ones that landed in my zone. You know, something along those lines. So, as you can imagine, he took that in stride. He's not buying into necessarily um, PFF being the end all and be all. But he, to your point, he is very comfortable in this defense. And these guys, you can, John, you can sense it from talking to Blake Cashman and other players. These guys will follow D'Amico Ryan's through the gates of hell if they have to. Absolutely. Yep. All right. My first one is going to be Nico Collins. And it's not the four catches for 80 yards. It's not the pass interference penalty that he drew to put them at the doorstep of what should have been seven more points. It ended up being three points. He may have had the biggest play of the game early in the game, John, when CJ Stroud <laughs> threw his first career interception and Nico Collins is able to force Zach Bond to fumble the football and Titus Howard fell on it and the Texans got the ball back and then immediately turned around and drove down the field and scored a touchdown, which I think said so much about C.J. Stroud, about these Texans. That sequence, John, of Nico Collins not giving up on a play, Titus Howard not giving up on a play and getting the ball back, and then C.J. Stroud turning around and turning that into seven points, I think says everything about what this team has turned into this year so far. And so I'm going to make Nico Collins one of my stock up. He, he had a, a, a typically great statistical day like he's had several of this year so far. But that play to take C.J. Stroud's first career interception and actually flip it back into a positive, they got a first down out of the play, <laughs> um, was uh, was one of the plays of the game. He averaged 20 yards a catch. He's already among the league leaders. He has been a – without a guy that's caught a pass and gone for a home run without breaking tackles and stuff, he's been tremendous on average, per catch, average yards per catch. Yep, absolutely. He's been a chunk play machine this year, John. Who's your next stock up? Defensive tackle Sheldon Rankins. We never mentioned we haven't mentioned him since he, he came in late or whatever it was. He's on non-football injury. I can't remember what the deal was. He had five unassisted tackles, had eleven yard sack. He got some pressure inside pressure, pressure which is what they need. And uh, he had, I think, 
Let's see, Grenard had three tackles for loss. He had one, but Sheldon Rankins, he played the best game he's played, and that helped stuff the running game and also limited Alvin Kamara, who is one of the best running dual threads in the NFL. Yeah. John, I, we were talking about this on the postgame show. Clint and I were – their free agents that they brought in all showed up big today, like the veteran free agents they brought in this offseason. This isn't – this. they were shopping in a different aisle this offseason in free agency than they'd been the last couple of years, and that's understandable. What, what veteran with any semblance of Pro Bowl capability or upper-tier capability would want to come to Houston to play for David Culley or Lovey Smith the last couple of years? I know a few did. But you look at offensively, Robert Woods and Dalton Schultz scored both the touchdowns today. They've been huge the last couple weeks for this offense. And then defensively, what Jimmy Ward has meant to this defense and Sheldon Rankin showing up today. This was a this was a plus day for Nick Casario's free agency class this past offseason. It was. And and think about next offseason when they're going to have between 80 and 100 million to spend. And they'll be in a position right now, it looks like, where they'll be, they could have come off a playoff appearance, but they'll be closer to the playoff appearance, and Nick will be more inclined to spend bigger bucks on free agents plus reward his guys. But guys are going to want to come here. They're going to want to play for D'Amico. They're going to see the innovative things that Bobby Slowick does with today, like Xavier Hutchinson having him having him run twice on reverses, was gained 15 yards, a little mm-hmm. things like that, try to boost the running game. I think it's going to be a destination one year after people are thinking, why in the world would anybody in their right mind want to go to the Texans? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But you get the quarterback and the head coach right, and the uh, the world becomes the world becomes your, uh, your oyster. John, my last one, and I'm guessing this might lead into one of our stock downs in a way, uh, Devin Singletary was a much bigger part of the offense today, especially in the first half. When they were running the football well, it was Devin Singletary largely doing the running in the first half of this football game. Um, I wonder what this is going to look like moving forward. You know, Devin Singletary got no touches last week. The running game was abysmal. When Devin Singletary was getting touches this week, look, nobody was running the ball in the second half for the Houston Texans. The Saints did a good job of making some adjustments in the second half. But when this team had its best half of running the football all season long, it was Devin Singletary who was doing more of the damage, and he needs to be a bigger part of this run game, it would look like. And credit to D'Amico Ryans and Bobby Sloak for figuring out maybe he should have gotten some touches last week against the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe they win the football game last week if uh, Devin Singletary gets a few touches. So he is my and our last stock up. I think they'll work hard when they come out of the bye week on what they're going to do about the running game. And uh, Singletary, obviously, after the performance today, is going to get it more. Mike Boone had an 11-yard run. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of really good blocking going on today. I saw Dalton Schultz make a block on an inside play. I did, too. Yeah, I saw across from left to right. Yeah, Brevin Jordan knocked a guy, buried him, buried Mm -hmm. his you-know-what in the dirt, and fell on top of him. Uh, Noah Brown had a big block. I love the way the tight ends, some of the tight ends, and even Dalton Schultz makes an effort. He's just not real good at it. Right. But uh, those guys, besides the line, they're they're blocking their butts off now. And the sack that uh, one of the sacks that was the only one that was fault of the line, Matonsol and Beck both missed Granderson on a sack. First sack, of course, was Stroud's fault. He should have thrown it away. Mm-hmm. And so he went almost 15 quarters without being sacked. And then only one was the fault of somebody besides Stroud. So that bodes very well for their protection. Now they just got to get the run blocking in concert with the backs. All right, let's do some stock downs, my friend. What is uh, what is your first stock down 
the guy that I said in the pregame when you asked me about the guy who had to turn around this week, and I said Damian yeah. Pierce, he got off yeah. to a pretty good start. Inside the five, he had three losses, including I just blasted them on Twitter when they were first and goal and they don't score a touchdown. And, uh, it's inexcusable, John. It, it That's is inexcusable. inexcusable. It could have bitten them in the butt ultimately, but – uh, and I watched Pierce a lot, focused on him and not the lineman. And there are times when he gets the ball and he just doesn't make that quick decision like you do in this zone scheme where you get the ball, you plant your foot and go, and they're, and they're blocking sideways, and you've got to pick the hole. He likes to think and look and see, and that's not what they want because if the linemen are doing their job, there's going to usually will be a hole somewhere, but down there close to the goal line, he's not doing well and the linemen aren't doing well either. Yeah. I, man, I just, I feel awful for Damien cause he was, he's just, he's normally just, he's such an upbeat guy. Like he is, he is a great teammate. He was really looking forward to a leadership position on the team this year. You know, he talked a lot about that in training camp about being a leader in it. It doesn't mean he can't be a leader because he's not having good games. Like he can still lead by example and things like that. Um, but I just I, I feel terrible for him just because he's very likable, you know, and he had such a good season last year. And I think he was looking to build on that. And he just hasn't been able to get out of first gear yet this year. When he it's made that bad. one run where he broke tackles and got almost into the end zone, people are cheering. It's just like old times for him last year because people like seeing him do that. But that's not necessarily the goal now to just run over people. It's you gotta be you, you, it's it's almost like it's instinctive. Plant mm-hmm. and go and find the hole, and maybe he'll be able to figure it out over the bye week. Yep, maybe so. My stock down, John, is it's going to sound weird because he had the interception to seal the game, Stephen Nelson. But for the rest of the game, he had by far his worst game of the year. By like far, he, by far. Like even the interception, like even the interception, you could argue he should have just knocked it down instead of intercepting it. They would have had the ball at the twenty yard line instead of the two yard line to close out the game. So even the good play that he made had some sketchiness to it. You know what I mean? But he was, he was awful today. Other than that, he got beat over the top twice by uh, Rashim Shahid. I think I got his name right. Including for the touchdown. Um, He had a right two plays before the touchdown, the Saints scored. He really, he should have had a pick six. You know, it was a a Derek Carr was on, it was a miscommunication with the receiver. And it hit Steven Nelson right in the shoulder pads and bounced away. And John, he went to the ground to get that and it bounced away. He he could have gone to the ground to get that, rolled around about three or four times, and then gotten up and then gone, <laughs> gone and scored. Like there was nobody that was gonna catch him. If he like he could have done he could have caught the ball and done like snow angels on the ground for a few minutes and then gotten up and run 60 yards for a touchdown. That's how that's how far he was from human beings in white jerseys and black pants. Um, but I have. A, I can't give Stephen Nelson. I, like I have to look at the balance sheet of what he was today, and he was, he he wasn't good today. Other than that, um, other than the, the 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 play to close out the game, he had a rough yeah. one. He redeemed himself on that one, and it's interesting. You know, he was beaten so bad by Rashid Shaheem on the fifty-one yarder, and he but he closed. He made make it up, made it up, got his hand up, still couldn't break it up. Yep. Yep. All right, what's your next stock down, John? My next one is going to be a guy that missed last week, came back, Christian Harris, linebacker. I don't remember hearing his name. Mm-hmm. He had maybe he's still injured. He had one tackle, two assists, and that's it. 
Henry Toto, I think, had six unassisted. And and uh, and then, of course, Blake Cashman was great. But Harris has got the talent where he's got to make plays, and today he didn't make plays. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I, I didn't see a ton of Christian Harris, uh, a ton of Christian Harris either. John, my last one here, It's I mean, it's – it's hard for me to find a ton of stock downs just because they they won this game against the Saints and they're going into the bye week at at three and three. But I guess I'll say the you know the 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 offensive line finally showed some cracks today as far as protecting C.J. Stroud. You know I know C.J. Uh, C.J. took the two sacks. He was scrambling for his life much more today than he'd yes, been in previous are. weeks. Um, uh, and in the second half of the game, they couldn't run the football. That's not all Damian Pierce. In fact, it's probably not even most Damian Pierce. It's probably more the offensive line, especially down near the goal line with Pierce getting hit in the backfield, losing yards on three straight plays. I can't like those seem to be more the line than Damian to me. Maybe I'm off on that. But this I know the line overall uh, compared to what it's been the last couple of weeks. Um, the stock price definitely went down on the offensive line. Today, yeah, definitely sure. went down. And of course, a lot of that. They they played like that, and yet they survived the number four defense in the NFL. Absolutely, they yeah. Great pass defense, great run defense, and they beat them. They didn't score a lot, and they didn't do much in the second half offensively, but maybe a lot of that had to do with how good the Saints are. But the Saints, I love watching all those Houdat fans walking away like the terrible tail fans. They walked away with their heads down because the Texans had beaten them. And uh, – and it, to me, it's not a great Saints team, but it's a really good defense. And to be able to win that game and limit them to 13 points was quite an accomplishment. John, every team the Texans had played this season, including the team they played today, were three and two coming into today. You wow. know, that's I, I would they were all they all the same record. They were all three and two. I think you'd have a hard time finding a team who has a cumulative opponents winning percentage of 60 percent on the season at this stage of the year. So I, you could, I, I would submit the Texans. I'd be shocked if they didn't, if they haven't played by record, one of the three hardest schedules in the league so far. I'd be and shocked. I saw over the weekend, they have the second easiest schedule from here on out. Yep, they do. They do. And there's, and there ain't a lot of quarterbacks on that schedule either. Like it's one thing there's teams sometimes at this stage of the year, John don't have great records, but they've got quarterbacks where, you know, they're going to pull it. They're, they're going to be able to pull the nose up on this season. They ain't a lot of great. They, one, they they beat one of the best quarterbacks still left on their schedule coming into today. Today, Derek Carr, it, like it's Derek Carr, it's Trevor Lawrence, it's Joe Burrow, and then it's who the hell knows what after that. It's Zach Wilson and it's Joshua Dobbs and it's whoever's going to be playing in Cleveland. It's whoever's going to be playing in Indy. It's whoever's going to be playing in Tennessee. Uh, it's Baker Mayfield. You know, it's. I mean it. It's Russell Wilson, John. It's I mean, it's it's Bryce Young. Like, I, John, I feel like I just rattled off six of the bottom fourteen quarterbacks in the league. I mean, it's it's crazy right now. It's it's it, not it exactly a, a murderer's row. And you've got a quarterback that's better than all of those guys right now, and C.J. Stroud. So it's exciting, man. It's really exciting. Uh, it makes me want Week Eight to get here ASAP to see this. What a lot of people were probably looking forward to is the battle between the top two picks. This is a battle between a team that's the worst team in football right now and an ascending Texans team. It's going to be exciting. I wish it was here instead of Charlotte. Yeah, I do too. All right. Um, John, what do you got going on? I would imagine there's a report card. There's Astro my stuff. You got all card, kinds of yeah, stuff. I, I, one of the things I like about doing my report card for Sports Radio 610, I can do them really in-depth 
where I was limited on space, the Chronicles. So I, my support, my report cards are really long. It took me about two and a, two hours to do it. That's posted. I'll have a Texans column, and then I'll have an Astros column on Tuesday after I watch these first two games. Yep, good stuff. You have Astros tonight, Astros tomorrow afternoon as well. Once again, the Texans beat the Saints 20-13. to 13. And uh, our next episode will be on Tuesday. It'll be a mailbag episode, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. That's where you send us your mailbag questions, H-O-U mailbag at gmail.com. John, I enjoyed it. It's always more fun after. It's always fun. It's always more fun after a win. Absolutely, John. Thank you. All right. Thank you. That's uh, the great John McClain, the Hall of Famer. Big thanks to James Jackson, our producer, for getting the podcast out to you guys in such a timely fashion. He does a phenomenal job. Hit that subscribe button so that when he does send it out, you get it automatically wherever it is you listen to your podcast. For James, for John, I'm Sean. We are out of time. We will see all of you on Tuesday for a mailbag edition of the Utopia Football Podcast. Until then, make it a great week, everybody.